It's Dr. Manny. Welcome to Asylum. Today's topic is um, self-sabotage associated with happiness anxiety. The reason I put these two topics together is because more often than not, we know that on our way to success, we do these self-sabotage behaviors where we either make it take longer or make it uh, harder struggle than it needs to be to get to our uh, next level of success, or in some cases, just we're right outside the gate of uh, the success, and we do a bunch of stuff so that we possibly never get there. We just become that person who knows all the steps, but have this deep, gnawing background fear or sense that it's not for us, possibly because we feel we're not deserving, possibly because we're still caught in past stories or things we've been taught and believe about ourselves along the way that we just can't shake, even as we're making progress, even as we're having these wins and these successes. It's really easy to get caught up in the past, and when you're caught up in the past, um, one or two things can happen. Either you can get caught up in the nostalgia where you're misremembering how things used to be in a way that leads you to overly honor tradition, uh, to be resistant to change, to be distrusting of people who see things in a different way. Um, Often it's effective to think of this as being trapped in identity because uh, when it's time to change and grow, we reframe all the new elements instead of opportunity as threat. And as such, in the moment, uh, instead of taking the steps to gain the most from the situation, from the event, from the opportunity, instead of uh, paying the kind of deep, uh, focused, purposeful attention that you can give to a moment when you realize that this is a breakthrough, this is a transition moment, Instead, uh, it's easy to fall into the self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, once you fall into self-fulfilling prophecy, what happens is uh, you start to, you you, you know, our brains are uh, regret minimization machines. So uh, the way self-fulfilling prophecy ties into self-sabotage is when you start getting those uncomfortable feelings because you're out of the zone and everything is new, you start to uh, think about, well, I'm not going to make it again, or I'm the guy that always does such and such when it's time to win, or whatever other stories, or I'm, I'm and not to be gender specific, I'm the guy or I'm the lady who always does this or that when it's crunch time, I'm going to choke up, uh, I'm going to get to the next level, and the humiliation is going to be even bigger when I eventually collapse into my old ways. Now, that has a lot to do with a fixed mindset. Uh, This is, uh, if you want to dig into the academic work, it's Carol Dweck's work, basically fixed mindset versus growth mindset. With a fixed mindset, you have the belief that uh, you're somewhat limited, and so you're you're a bit afraid of your own self-image, you know, your true self-image for fear of what it may reveal. Whereas in a growth mindset, you, you become curious about who you truly are, what your capabilities are right now in the moment, because you're more connected with the truth that um, 
knowing where you are right now, getting clear on where you want to be, getting clear on your shortcomings, getting clear on the beliefs that you have now, including possibly a limited, a limiting belief of a fixed mindset, is, is the first step in getting free to actual true lasting growth and change. If you can say to yourself, when this happens in the environment, it's a trigger for me, and I do this, which is a form of self-sabotage, then you go from being the person who believes you're trapped because you've given away your power and the boundaries of your consciousness to this particular um, environmental cue. You end up bound by the environment. You get the trigger to a fight, flight, freeze, faint state where you're, you're in lizard brain and you're not thinking as clearly. You're not letting the moment unfold because you're just in an attempt to um, prevent it from being the, the imaginary exaggerated, catastrophic, awful thing that you fear it may be. You, 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 you nail down everything, you shut down everything, and go ahead and say, well, it's this bad thing. And this bad thing really sucks and it's miserable, but it's a bad thing that I've gotten used to living with, so I know I can cope with that, as opposed to a new, worse thing that would be unimaginable. It's the unimaginability of it that makes it uncertain, that makes it particularly painful. And that's why we return and retreat to the comfort zone, to the familiarity of, honestly, a prior mistake that we interpreted as failure. Okay. So when we interpret a mistake as a failure, the difference between a mistake and a failure, in my mind, is that when a mistake happens, it reveals something about you, but you know that it reveals something about you in a way such that you're ready to expand your consciousness either by learning how to no longer do what it is that is, is, is negative, to the, whatever the thing is, or learning that this is something that you're going to choose to continue to do and accepting it and being at peace. And the simple act of acceptance, the decision to accept a certain aspect of you, and by accept, I mean get clear on it and be like, you know, honestly, this is something that I don't want to put the energy into changing. You know, it's not it's not a priority to change right now. So, well, what does that mean? That means the next step is to get away from people who are constantly reminding you that you need to change that particular thing. Um, because what's going to end up happening is the energy that should be focused on growth, thriving, expanding being curious, being intrinsically motivated, all that energy is going to be sapped out of you because you're constantly being pulled off your focus. You're constantly being pulled off your purpose, and you will come to believe that you are someone who lives in, in, in that stuck state, in, whether it's a plateau or whether it's at the edge of, of your accomplishment but constantly uh, not punching through, you know, not following through whether it means uh, taking an ambiguous sign, assuming it's rejection, assuming it's failure, and shifting your brain so that you decided, well, I didn't want it anyway, and resolving the cognitive dissonance, creating a peace, uh, shutting down the internal conflict, or or whether it's uh, retreat back. I don't know if that last sentence made sense, because I think in the midst of that description, I may have gotten lost in the metaphor. That happens. Yeah, that too. But the 
point remains, returning to the core idea of the self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is associated with happiness anxiety. The thing about happiness anxiety, I love this idea, is it, it's a reminder that at the top and at the bottom of your um, of of any change, any change from familiarity, you're going to get anxiety. Uh, what I found in my life is that a lot of times when something really, really good happened, I would immediately go into a worry about the things that could go wrong in this new context because the novelty meant that I didn't have any schema. I didn't have any models for dealing in that space. And as a bit of a neurotic, <laughs> you know, soft bit, because it's probably more than a bit, as someone who um, tends to have, um, you know, perfectionist, workaholic, uh, typical pre-med physician-type traits, you know, a little OCD, a little OCPD. Um, as someone who has those things, when things are uncertain, when they're up in the air, even when it's new and promising something good, my system starts to, like, frag. You know, I start to sizzle up. I'm looking for the familiarity so that I can know, so as to resolve some of the uncertainty, so as to scratch the itch, so that I can return to a position that feels like control. And that's the nature of self-sabotage, often not staying open in the moment. Now, you can spot this emotionally by noticing when you go from a shift of being open to change and receptive, and often that change can come as feedback or as newness in the environment. When you go from being open to change to looking for things you already know to clamp it down, uh, often uh, it'll it'll become in the form of not being receptive to new ideas by trying and trying to force them into your old models. Uh, it may involve disconnecting from people who are uh, who you've been intimate with who are introducing new ideas to you that stretch you beyond your comfort zone. You know, you might decide, I don't want to continue in this relationship because, uh, and, you know, this is friendship. This might be a romantic partnership. This might be someone you're dating. This may be a relationship with a parent. This may be something that happened in childhood when that disconnect happened. But either way, often the self-sabotage we talk about comes in situations where uh, at the edge of our consciousness, we're more afraid than trusting. Uh, we may want something severely. We want it really badly. We would love it. But somewhere inside, we don't believe we're deserving of it. And so when someone gives it to us, whether it's a compliment, a gift, or an opportunity, we instantly interpret it as um, a threat, a situation whether whether it's I don't deserve this and people are going to find out or I don't deserve this, so the person offering it to me must have an ulterior motive. They're giving it to me to take it away later. Um, or in the case with me, I end up doing a lot of public speaking. I'm on stage uh, a good amount. Uh, my writing gets read. You know, I, 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 mean, I have books. Uh, I have a bestseller, you know, Thinking About Quitting Medicine, quick plug there. Uh, that book is circulating significantly, and every day new people are reading that. So on any given day, my brain can plummet into this, this anxiety state where it's like, okay, all these people are reading my ideas. The next person who's reading it is going to reach out to me, troll me fantastic, and insult my thoughts. Now, imagine that this is in the context of uh, the first book, uh, my business partner, Dr. Swiner, and I, we were able to get 
uh, a total of 13 physicians all expressing our pain around um, the way we were practicing medicine. Yet at the same time, I was stretching out of my comfort zone and putting these ideas out that in the past I had either held to myself or only shared with a few close, close friends in private situations. So now the self-sabotage in that is what? The self-sabotage is, uh, well, real quick, before you can get clear on the self-sabotage, you want to get clear on what it is that you want. Because when you know what you want, the desired outcome, then you can notice when you're headed in that direction, when the next thing you got is bringing you to actual joy, to happiness. And that sets you up to be in the frame of mind to be like, oh, I was feeling happy, and then immediately I felt guilty. I was feeling happy, and immediately I felt greed. Uh, or, or I was feeling happy, and immediately I compared myself to people at this new level and realized that I'm the new guy in a new playing field. Uh, this is particularly important when we're dealing with authors and writers because the second you realize that people are reading your stuff, then suddenly one of the things that happens automatically is uh, you attract other authors because uh, part of part of rising to a new level is you attract people at that level. That's how you know you arrived. But suddenly we can go into comparison mode, looking around and being like, oh, man, these people are way better authors than me. Uh, these people are selling more books than me. These people are doing more speaking th uh, gigs than me. Uh, it looks like this person is getting paid more than me. This person... Uh, you know, and I, I operate in the mindset space, so it's easy. I, I attract other mindset-focused people, uh, so it's easy to look around and be like, "Oh, wow, this person looks like they have their mindset way better together, way better than mine." It's scary. Um, none of those things are a healthy way to cope with the happiness and the anxiety that it triggers. You end up in this loop where you start uh, if you start believing you're not deserving of the happiness, if you start feeling guilt about the happiness, if you start feeling shame because you believe that you're at the bottom of this new identity group, this new uh, what they call reference class, uh, if you're suddenly you feel like the least qualified person in your tribe, then it's easy to go into that negative self-esteem state and be like, oh, well, they're going to eventually kick me out anyway. I might as well not get emotionally connected to these people. Well, in the game that we're in, and I say we as in authors and entrepreneurs, if you're not networking fantastic, then you're sabotaging yourself. If you're not uh, listening closely beyond ego to hear what it is that your audience wants from you so that you're creating content that is perceived as valuable, you're creating products, you're um, offering services in a way that is deeply meaningful to the people you serve, if, if you retreat into that self-sabotage ego state, then it, 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 it's, it's a self-sabotage to what you – to sabotaging your dream, your vision, what you really want. Any moment that you're not clear in the vision, clear enough to share it with someone else, clear enough to make it magnetic so as to attract as many people who share that vision as possible so that it becomes real in your universe, you're self-sabotaging. Anytime you're uh, – getting deeply entangled in relationships that don't share your vision or in relationships where you don't feel reflected as effectively and as clearly as possible, then you're, you're, you're sabotaging the vision. And, and really, in, in that case, often you have to look at when you're uh, sabotaging other people's vision. 
because there's an anxiety around that because if um if in the midst of becoming more public, becoming more visible, becoming more successful, becoming more depended upon, becoming more trusted, becoming more valued. If in the midst of all those things, as reflected by increased success, you begin to fall into the space of doubt, then you don't spend the time in that happiness state to uh, raise your vibration, to raise your energy, to raise your clarity, to raise your consciousness to all that is possible to you, even now where you are now. You don't, you don't, um, you don't open your mind and heart to the fact that the thing in front of you, there are going to be lots and lots and lots of mistakes, but in the end, it's in front of you because it's your opportunity. It's not your threat. And as long as you perceive it as a threat, in your mind, you're representing it with fear. And the fear is clouding your vision. Your fear is clouding your decision-making. Your fear is decreasing the inspired energy in your action. Your fear is decreasing your signal to the tribe that is supposed to support you, that is there and will show up to support you as soon as you signal with the clarity so they know what it is specifically specifically that you want to accomplish and so so that those who don't want that know to either leave or be quiet until they get clear on what they want because a lot of times you have people who are not clear on what they want who because they see your momentum because they see you on their your way to success uh they'll cling on or they'll hop on for the ride uh and part of your part of not self-sabotaging is being honest with yourself and getting clarity on what it is that each person you're in a relationship with wants on this journey and and being clear that you are in integrity. You're helping those who are on a team with you maintain integrity so that you're not indirectly self-sabotaging yourself by holding others down or keeping people around who aren't happy uh, or having people do something they don't really want to do. So that's an aspect of self-sabotage in business. Uh, so that one's particularly salient because uh, one of the more challenging lessons for me was realizing when jumping on to yet another business partnership may be self-sabotage. If, if you're not clear on your vision and the vision of the person in the partnership, until then, then you're going to um, damage your relationship because you're going to signal that lack of clarity. Uh, you're going to underperform, underdeliver, and you're going to do damage to your self-esteem and be in this constant state of um, of anxiety. You, even even when it's time to be happy, in the background you will know that you you are not walking in your purpose, and as such, you're a little bit out of integrity. Uh, whether it was because fear knocked you out or because of all the other limiting beliefs we discussed earlier. Until you're you're clear, walking in integrity, surrounding yourself by people who are truly reflecting the vision because um, you're all clear about the vision, you're all at the same place in the journey, uh, you share values as to how to attain it, and each of us <laughs> along the way is doing the work 
you're you're on some level of self sabotage. Uh and at the root of self sabotage is fear. And remember, fear based on especially in anxiety states is usually based on distorted thoughts that are not anchored in the reality, in the truth of either the opportunity or the real danger. And if you've listened to previous podcasts, you've heard that I've discussed the importance of reducing the gap between fear and danger so you can create a more accurate representation of reality, so you can reconnect the truth, so you can make decisions that are more likely to head you in the right direction. It's also important to close the gap between uh, fear and danger so as to minimize your perception of threat when there's novelty. That novelty often is um, an opportunity for happiness, an opportunity for gratitude. But, again, if the anxiety is high to a certain level, that happiness, the opportunity for happiness, because of the uncertainty, is interpreted as threat, and then the self-sabotage kicks in. And so... Hopefully I uh, covered the most salient, the most relevant aspects of the idea of avoiding self-sabotage, specifically in the case of on the high end. Okay, so I guess on the low end, there's self-sabotage when there's uncertainty and you're kind of spiraling down where things are not going well and so they continue to not go well. Uh, and you continue to believe they're not going to go well, and so to minimize how badly they go, you clamp it down. But in this particular conversation, I wanted to turn your attention to how happiness anxiety sets you up, triggers you for um, self-sabotage. There are deeper details uh, we can dig into in later conversations. So as always, I welcome questions. If you want to reach out to me, the best way to reach me is M-A-N-I dot S-A-I-N-T V-I-C-T-O-R at gmail dot com. Specifically, I help people work through different aspects of their journey to success. Uh, I do mindset coaching, but the way I do mindset coaching involves uh, a lot of identity development coaching, which is clarifying uh, who you are who you aspire to be, finding the gap between the two and helping you summon the courage and the motivation, the drive, getting the support system, change, letting go of the beliefs that are keeping you trapped, uh, examining the attitudes that affect uh, your automatic thoughts that may be holding you back and maybe triggering certain limiting behaviors. Okay, So I help with that if that's something you'd be interested in. Again, my email is M-A-N-I dot S-A-I-N-T V-I-C-T-O-R at gmail dot com. Thanks for joining me in Asylum. It's Dr. Manny. I'm out.